Welcome to the Steady Hand Podcast. I'm Scott Ronalds, joined today with Will Witherich, who's the manager of our small cap equity fund. Will's in town on a research trip, and we've snagged a morning of his time to review the fund and get some further insights on the portfolio. On that note, Will, let's start off with your thoughts on the small cap market, given the big surge we saw last year. A lot of that came with, uh, I think, a big comeback in some of the names that frankly got hit the hardest in 2008. Uh, a lot of the resource and financial names uh, had uh, really fallen off the table in 2008, and, and frankly, uh, those are the names that had come back the strongest in 2009, and, and many of them had to raise money along the way so um, uh, to sort of refresh their balance sheets to position them to be able to continue to finance their various operations. So, um, yeah, again, that's what I think we've seen is, is some of the names that got hurt the most in 08 uh, come back the most in 09. I guess the question is, is where do we go uh, in 2010? And uh, I try not to make the big macro call or the big sector call, but perhaps this is a good, a good time as any for some of the higher quality, um, steadier names that, that I think we have in the portfolio to maybe uh, rise and shine in, in this environment going forward. We often emphasize that this fund will be out of sync with the market, and you're certainly not a benchmark-oriented manager. In other words, you don't own a lot of gold stocks just because they make up 20% of the index. So where is the fund focused right now? We, we never sit down and think, this is where the index is, this is where we need to be. We're always looking for individual opportunities that we think that we can comfortably own for five to seven years and have services or products that I can understand and managements who are engaged in the business usually own a fair chunk of the stock. And uh, usually uh, these companies also, at least the ones that we look at, have better than average uh, balance sheets as well. In fact, when I look back on sort of the prior 18 months, so from the beginning of the crisis in mid-08 to now early 2010, I don't think a single one of our companies had raised capital. Again, I'd probably have to look sort of file by file to be sure of that. But I don't think any of the companies that we own did actually raise money. And to me, that indicates that they're probably sort of healthier than average companies. They didn't need the market to come back for them to now hit the market up for additional equity and ultimately diluting long-term shareholders in the process. These companies have auto-generated their own growth. They've uh, generally had good balance sheets and have maintained that. In fact, some of them have layered on a significant amount of cash as well. So that's more my style of company, uh, something that can – auto-generate its own growth through high return on invested capital rates and uh, continue to be well-positioned to grow uh, in the future and, and, and I think certainly survive any kind of short-term downturn that may occur as well. And would it be fair to say that you're seeing a lot of value in consumer and industrial names today? Again, it's it's rather than just sort of globalized to sectors overall. Um, yeah, I, I think there are good value names out there, and some of them happen to be in the consumer and industrial spaces because that's not been the focus of the market for the last year or so as, as people have focused on resource names and, and then amongst the larger caps, amongst financial names. So, sure, I think it's perhaps my nature to look 180 degrees to the market, focus in areas where other people aren't, and and I think benefit from better-valued companies that are also growing at appreciable rates. So it's probably a fair comment to say that some consumer and industrial names do show better prospects right now than I think maybe some of the, uh, the resource or, or financial names. Now, we know you're in town visiting a few companies that you own and a few others that are on your watch list. 
Can you share any interesting observations or insights with us on any of these businesses or management teams? Yeah, in fact, we sat down with two of our names, Glacier Media and uh, McDonald Detweiler, in, in the last two days. And both both good companies. I mean, Glacier Media is a good example of a company that had been hit pretty hard by the recession. And again, they, they tend to have a lot of small town newspapers and specialty trade publications that in tough times, people pull advertising spending from. So they've experienced that, but they've managed to navigate it fairly well. In fact, over the course of 2009, they managed to reduce debt by cost disciplines and, and generating net free cash flow. So um, here's a company that I think uh, not only survived, but may be in the position to start thriving again. Uh, the other name that's in the portfolio, uh, McDonald Detweiler, I think uh, has come back recently in the market. I'm not entirely sure why. I think there is concern amongst the investment community that this company will not be able to grow appreciably in, in 2010. I, I don't think that's true. I think they have enough on the go that they can grow in 2010 and, and probably reestablish their sort of 15 to 20 percent long-term growth rates that they have been able to generate over the prior 10 years to, to 2009, 2010 timeframe. So a well-managed company from what I can tell. In fact, even though some of their operations have been hit very hard, for example, the U.K. real estate market has, has impacted some of their U.K. operations, they've managed to right-size those businesses to the point where they can generate operating cash flow even at these weak housing levels. So, again, that's my kind of company. In the process, they'll generate oh, probably $200 million or more in free cash flow this year may have very little net debt, I think, by the end of 2010. They, I guess they have a bit of senior debt that may stay in place for a period of time. But you know, for for the foreseeable future, I think this is a company that can generate significant free cash flow that can finance growth in their existing operations and, frankly, at one point, maybe add one or two or three uh, new growth opportunities for them as well by acquiring or developing new businesses. So I think this is a very good story that should see good appreciation over the course of 2010. To throw a bit of a curve at you now, what's been the biggest disappointment in the fund? I can't say. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have to sort of cast back. I don't think there have been many deep disappointments um, there have been some laggards. You know, if I look at, for example, Shopper's Drug Mart, it's been a, a softer performer for us, but fundamentally the company is still very strong. I guess it has been subject to um, regulatory changes, principally in Ontario, about how, drug, uh, how pharmacists get reimbursed for issuing prescriptions. So that, that's been a, a major um, factor weighing down the stock. But again, these are master merchandisers. They, they keep finding ways to make money, be it front of store or even in the back of store. And front of store meaning sort of the general merchandise that you see when you walk into a shop or drug bar, back of store being the pharmacist who, who now issues your prescription. So I still like the story. Uh, it's no, I don't think it is any longer a um, sort of a, you know overpriced, expensive story as it may have been when it was trading in the 50s. Um, I think they can navigate their way through this trough quite effectively and, um, and continue to, to uh, build stores as, as they've done masterfully over the last uh, five or ten years. So disappointment, no. I uh, wish it had it done better, yes. But um, yeah, beyond that, I can't see. I, 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 felt, I feel too bad about anything in the portfolio right now or how things have, have, have sort of panned out. And what about the biggest surprise? I would say the biggest surprise, perhaps, is Canadian helicopters. I thought this company would do well. They've shown themselves to be 
more resilient than even I had hoped for, uh, where they had a 30 or 40 percent drop in flying hours for those helicopters dedicated to mining camps in, in Canada. You know, this would be uh, hard rock mining camps or perhaps some of the oil and gas camps in, in more remote regions of Canada. Uh, they managed to replace that business beautifully with, with work in Afghanistan, where they might be flying the mail or supplies to U.S. troops in Afghanistan. So perhaps that's been maybe the most, one of, amongst several, perhaps the most pleasant surprise in terms of how beautifully they've navigated the downturn in one large aspect of their business. They've also actually dropped a couple of contracts that they had managed for quite a number of years and then turned right around and redeployed their assets uh, masterfully. So I, I would I would probably put uh, Canadian helicopters um, at, at, at pretty much the top of the list of pleasant surprises. Well, let's close off on a personal note, as we often do. Now, I know you have an appreciation for our fine Okanagan wines here out west, What's at the top of your list right now, and is anything making it home with you to Montreal? Unfortunately, I also came here to ski, which is also maybe at the top of my list for uh, things that I like about British Columbia. So my pack is overweight, and I'm going to have to convince or arm wrestle Eric Canada into accepting uh, everything that I have in terms of sporting goods and, and business attire as well. So unfortunately, no bottles of wine are making it back this time. But boy, if I had the chance, uh, I think half that case would be filled of. In fact, I'm even toying with the idea of maybe throwing out my ski boots and replacing that six kilograms that uh, that composes with with BC wine. But uh, I don't think I'll be in the position to do it this trip. Well, thanks for your time, Will, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts, which will be available, as always, on our website and on iTunes.